Are you vabbing right now? <laughs> vabbing is when you, um, I know, you told me. take but... vape juice yeah. and dab it on your neck so that it'll attract female vapors, yeah. a.k.a. gamers, who sell bathwater. Dude, so in uh, on my Oculus, I got like this uh, casino app. You know? oh, I thought you were going to start talking about porn. No, I got this casino app, and like I'm in there <clears> playing <throat> uh, poker. Get on mic, dog. Tell everybody about your casino app. Everyone, Dan Hendon. So, so uh, I'm, I'm playing VR poker via the Oculus, and I'm noticing that every... Wait, is this with real money? No, unfortunately, that's not legal yet. Whew, I just got really frightened. I know. Um, so And it's not because I just stared into the eyes of my Jurassic World Dominion Giganotosaurus behind you. <laughs> I, I'm looking at everyone at the table... And they all have vapes uh-huh. in, in VR world, yeah. in the metaverse. And I'm like, how? How do they all have vapes? So I look, and all of these people paid real money to make it so that while they're at the virtual table, they can have a vape in their hand. What? And steadily, I see them lifting it to their mouth. So I believe what's happening is that they're at home wearing their headset, vaping. Okay. And every time they're vaping, it looks like their character's vaping because they purchased the accessorized vape. That's so stupid. It is wild. That is a lot to handle. <laughs> Did anybody's look like a cigarette? No, no, you know, smoking's not allowed anymore. <laughs> smoking's not cool anymore. Yeah. Dude, dude, I was playing. You ever see those things where uh, people like fill a letter with their wine corks and then turn it into like a decoration? Fill their letter. Like a letter. Like, for instance, on our, on our wall, there we have a big C that Kat's mom got her that's filled with wine corks from over the years. Okay. You've never seen this? This sounds like Goyesha. No, no. My People in my family have the same thing. It's just for winos. <laughs> it's for um, winos. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I had an alcoholic confused with non-Jew. Dude, so it takes forever to fill this fucking thing with corks, and like a lot of them don't fit. Like, mm. so, so Kat's had one that her mom got her for years. So for my birthday last year, one of the things, or for Christmas, one of the things in my stocking was Kat got me a D <laughs> that she had filled with, with wine corks. And... The first night that I had the Oculus, I fucking punched this thing off the wall so hard. Nice. And it went flying, and every cork flew all over the fucking place at, like, 2 in the morning. <laughs> and I had no concept of what it took. I thought you, like, order them, and they're already full or whatever. <laughs> and she, I was like, by the way, I did this. And she was like, that took me two and a half hours <laughs> to fill. It only took two and a half seconds to beat. Yeah, it only took one easy mode of Beat Saber for me to fucking shred that thing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how you doing? I know how you're doing, but you have to uphold a public persona. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm wearing my unbridled optimism shirt. Yeah, Dan has a shirt on that is uh, very representative of who he is as a person, I feel yeah. like. Yep. Is really always looking at the bright side. <laughs> Just take a look on the bright he side. He probably knows how to play Mr. Brightside now that he's in a wedding band. I, in fact, uh, <laughs> had to play Mr. Brightside with the groom of the next wedding at rehearsal last weekend. Are you just like mean mugging him the entire time while you're doing it? No, dude. I have to be a fucking monkey in a monkey suit. I'm there in a fucking suit and like silver, bright silver vest. Standing next to the dude as he's looking over me, being like, yeah, and I have to be like, yeah, brother. 
You know why? Because the, afterwards, <laughs> then they tip us thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get tips too, huh? I don't think I tipped my wedding band. Shout out, EBE. Yeah, classic Jew. Who am I supposed to tip? The lead singer? The band leader. Yeah, she could have done better. <laughs> I work for my tips, baby. Um, <laughs> If anybody in the Movie Blues community wants to help me crash a wedding to get footage of Dan Enden having to uh, be displaying unbridled optimism... Um, uh, while playing Mr. Brightside at a wedding, please call me. You can just sign up for a showcase and act like you're getting married and come watch us do it on a Tuesday night. <laughs> please send an email to um, movieblues at hotmail.org. Dude, you should have heard me talking to the like the assistant band leader, the dude who referred me. I was like, look, man, like I know like you guys want me to like be performing and like be happy. Like the reality is like I'm in the back corner. No one can see me, and like I cannot fake my way through playing Rosalita from Bruce Springsteen happily like i can't i can't listen to that song and be happy like i hate it i hate it with every fiber of my being like let me be neutral we're gonna just have to go with neutral this is this is uh what people who know dan and refer to as the talk <laughs> where he just has to break down to you like the activity we, we participate in i'm not gonna pretend as if it brings me any joy <laughs> but i am gonna do it because that's what i'm supposed to do yeah i'm here to meet my obligations and nothing more If you ever wonder like what Dan Enden and I are doing when the music is playing, um, <laughs> it's like uh, when you see the uh, reporters before the lights go on, like sitting at the news desk and they're, you know, they, the fluffers there, the hairsprayers there, they're checking like yeah. their email. Uh, it's very last looks. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> and then we have Rachel come down and do a silent countdown. Uh, from five uh, and then point <laughs> at both of us and run back upstairs. So um, she, she, uh, <laughs> she gets to three and then tells us we should do the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Classic woman energy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dan Lyons, host of the movie blues podcast, and I'm here with my co-host Dan Enden. That's me. <laughs> and he's um he's signed back in formally with his name. So welcome back to the show. I'm distracted because there's a television playing the fucking movie. Okay, so yeah, I, you know, obviously we have to talk about the addition to the movie is, Blues Podcast Studio. Is, is this the movie that we're doing first? It's it's literally playing on the TV. Okay, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You can edit this out, but all right, just making sure. I'm not gonna edit. This I need out. to get different notes out. Okay, uh, we're gonna take a pause here. Yeah. All right, last looks going on in five, right, four, right, I'm three. Okay. <laughs> two, one. <laughs> That's the silent. The last two are silent. Um, yeah. uh, again, I am Dan Lyons, uh, uh, Philadelphia native, um, Jewish person. <laughs> Philadelphia native. <laughs> 
outside of Philadelphia suburb native. Classic fucking suburbanite claiming the city. I'm appropriating. You're like uh, the rights of a Philadelphia. That Eminem song where he's talking about fucking shaggy two dope and violent J. Y'all claim Detroit when y'all live 20 miles away. Bellakin wooed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Dan grew up on the mean streets of the main line. <laughs> Well, to be fair, <laughs> I didn't um, I didn't hang out at all on the main line. I just went to Philadelphia and did drugs all the time. So Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> it's only a semi-appropriation. Yeah, same, but with Camden. So Dan, what do we what do we think about having a big screen TV playing the movie Climax as we're talking about it right now? Bad idea? I fucking hate it, to be honest. Do you want me to turn it off? Like, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's a I, movie. I have the remote right here. We're, we're going to have, we're going to be having a conversation mm -hmm. in which I need to read notes directly to the left of my face where I read the notes. It's going to be a movie full of subtitles that gave me a panic attack yesterday. Listen, you don't have to read that gibberish if you don't <laughs> want to. Shout out. Future father. <laughs> Future unilingual. <laughs> Let us know if French counts as a gibberish language. In the comments. <laughs> It's fine because they're white, right? Uh, um, <laughs> uh, today we're doing our second A24 picture um, ever, right? Yeah, the caption just said a French film and we're proud of it. Yeah, yeah. and, and let's get that out up yeah. front. This movie is very French. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it is from a director who actively hates American cinema. And I think that if there had to be anybody... Uh, nationally, like as a whole nation, to embody uh, cinema pricks, it would have to be the French, as always. Um, they're the originators of like the smoking a cigarette and disliking something, um, <laughs> yeah. which is very, very much carried through to today's um, artsier movie scene. So, yeah, um, the French hate us and they hate Jews, and this movie was crazy. <laughs> and it's from Gaspar No, who is. Uh, made a lot of crazy movies that Dan has jerked off to, um, like Irreversible. Yikes. Dan, thoughts? <laughs> I've done no such thing. Irre irreversible is like when I went through my high school streak of like watching all the fucked up movies that led to me seeing Crash and everything. Uh -huh. Irreversible is the only one that I like severely regretted watching. I really fucking felt bad after that movie for still, still now, <laughs> till now. Every time I've gone to be like, all right, I'm gonna do a rewatch, I get through the first scene, and I'm like, nah, nah, not for me. Have you had any other experience with Gaspar now? I don't think so, but I also don't know what else he's made. The movie that kind of primed me for this one was Enter the Void, which is like the most fucking batshit insane crazy movie maybe ever about drug use and... Who, who's in that? Uh, just unknown just, French just unknown actors. Okay. Yeah. Um, that one is about like DMT and is about like, uh, and I didn't look this up or anything, but from, from basic memory, a guy dies like overdosing and then like his spirit is, oh, is the this character that, super, that you follow. Like, Technicolor fucking. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And you follow his spirit around as he kind of watches his yeah, sister yeah, become yeah, like a yeah. prostitute yeah, I saw that pretentious piece of shit um same director as this yeah. and um, my god that movie uh I, I don't i don't think that i liked that movie i don't think that like movies even like this movie today are like ones that you should walk out of having been like i really like that no <laughs> so much as like i absorb that and what did i get from that yeah. um 
in the same vein, I just saw another Jordan Peele movie that wasn't as good as it should have been, where the idea is just like override any kind of normalcy in terms of what you'd expect from a normal movie. And that's you just like have to you just have to like it. Yeah, people give uh, Wes Anderson shit for, like, jerking off his own aesthetic, which, like, absolutely fair. (laughs) But, like, this genre of French film is, like, they're going to sit there and hate American cinema. Like, these movies are like, hey, look at our fucking substanceless colors. Interesting. So I I have a feeling where this one's going then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dan. Yeah. Giant screen TV playing the movie Climax. Too distracting? I'm going to say yes. Should we turn it off? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I already know that this particular uh, one-shot dancing is going to go until 1440. <laughs> um, 1440, Dan. Fair enough. I the didn't, intro I, dance sequence is 14 and a half minutes. Is it? Like, you started the timer when, though? No, so it, the the fucking the actual intro where they're talking to the camera like it's sex lies and videotape that was four minutes. So then ten minutes and forty seconds is this fucking dance sequence. And the scene of the girl climbing through the snow. Uh, and no, the I, I was I started with the videotape, with the videotapes. So why did you start taping, uh, timing it during the videotapes? Because I went back because I fucking <laughs> you went back. Yeah, because I got eight mm. minutes into this and I was like, this is out of control i need to like actually get a number here for, for how long this intro dance sequence is so um this is a movie about this, this is one of the dance scenes from music practically <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, movie about a troop of dancers who um unknowingly are spiked with lsd at a rehearsal yeah. um, and that's it that's the plot said rehearsal begins with as dan was pointing out a very very long dance sequence after uh the movie really starts with a girl climbing through the snow like screaming in horror cut to end credits they they call that they call that the midsummer cut to the end credits of the movie right two minutes in yep then cut to very subversive 10 minutes of exposition or something of every single dancer in the troupe talking about you know their basic idea outlook on life and maybe some of the relationship dynamics that are happening between them um and then very long dance sequence very very long dance sequence 10 minutes 10 minutes long um then uh progression into them realizing they're being spiked with drugs and then mayhem for you know kind of the back half of the movie um it's full of it's a movie of weird characters and weird people that are mostly all gross unknowingly (laughs) unknowingly all taking psychedelics and being huge assholes so the end up front (laughs) up front this movie was made by a24 vice wild bunch which is like quentin tarantino's company and Lionsgate, which is like the dark circle pentaveret of movie makers here's where i'm really reaping the doing no research uh, bone right yeah because like as you i didn't even know it was an a24 film oh yeah and uh, like you said that you were like a twice and like, i was like now oh, fucking I, chorus now i have a reason to hate this beyond even just hating it for what it is <laughs> um what was the second one you, i mean vice is vice more, more egregious <laughs> like a24 advice like that's like the fucking the goddamn holy goddamn intercourse of people who have fucking 
eight in the rental zone. <laughs> um, and uh, with those powers combined, uh, a French filmmaker, all unknown actors except for Sophie Boutella, um, they made uh, a movie in 15 days with no script, not a single printed word. Um, did each shot uh, like 16, 17 times and then moved on. I, I knew that part um, from when this movie was like getting hype that there was no script, which right. makes the shots of like some of the conversations that they, they then chose to have so fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, and uh, there is a 40 minute long take in the middle of the movie. Um, yeah. We the really learned about everyone. Was shot on Gaspar Noe's shoulder. Like he I physically shot every single shot and operated every single really? crane himself. Um, so he was just like walking around with an upside down camera. On yeah. His shoulder. Okay. They shot it in 15 days and two months later it was at Cannes, which is wild. <sighs> wild means of production yeah. to making this movie. Ambitious. Um, and, um, you know, um, this is season 5B. Um, it, this movie was selected because it is narratively egregious in that it's really just like a music video, a nightmare, and really not what a normal person would expect or want or hope out of going to the movies on a Friday night. But knowing that he made Enter the Void, like, I went into it being like, all right, so it's the dude who made Irreversible, so I know there's going to be a lot of really long single-shot sequences that are going to serve the pure purpose of making me uncomfortable. Like, sure. Check. Check. Uh, um, and I'm fine with that. It, had I known that he had also made Enter the Void, I would have been like, all right, oh, so no. there's going to be all sorts of, like, look how neat my colors are. Check. And I... I would say when we got to the midway point, I was you you had prepped me to be like really stick with it for the first half for the payoff at the end, and I was very engaged by the first half. Really? Because um, a lot of people cite the pre-drug half of the movie as being the problematic part. It, it depends what kind of no, freak, not freak for me. You, are. you know the movies I watch. Uh, <laughs> I was in a theater watching Before Sunset last night. That movie is two hours of two people talking to each other, and that is all. That is all. I I can do this. This I can do. This I was like, oh, you know, I love a good fucking single shot. I can I can I can vibe with this. I'm learning about the characters. Uh -huh. They're all abhorrent. Just the worst people. Right. Um, I mean, the two. Yeah. The, the, the two, like. For how progressive the French are supposed to be, it's pretty neat how like they only made the minority cap characters be uh like like rapists and fucking incestuous fucking scumbags. But you know, who am I to judge? Interesting choice. Yeah, <laughs> can't help but notice that only the black people are the ones who are animals in this movie. I mean, it was improvised, so I don't know how much was input, uh, how much came from. Gaspar know himself he's apparently let them really craft their own stories yeah so what what's these two's <laughs> fucking issue that the story they chose to craft was like let's have a scene where it's just us talking about how we're gonna like rape women in the ass dry <laughs> and laugh about it <laughs> humorous um yeah I, I i read that scene maybe a little bit differently weird characters um you know also as the only jewish character is like the biggest fucking depraved scumbag of them all who the male one dave david oh david, he's david uh, oh he's jewish i mean his name's david he could be like a russian catholic doubt it <laughs> look at him i i think it's this sounds like you're the anti-semite right now <laughs> i'm feeling a little triggered honestly <laughs> Woo! i like it 
Um, look. I'm looking. I have no choice but to look. <laughs> Turn this movie off. All right. Okay. Fine, fine, fine. I can't do this again. I All watched right, okay. it this morning. <laughs> it's like an unending, like, cyclical hell for you now. That's yeah. nice. I'll put it on during the uh, David Cronenberg episode next. That'll, yeah. that'll make even more sense. Like, I was thinking maybe for the David Cronenberg one, I would put The Fly 2 on. But uh, that sounds even more distracting because I actually really want to watch that. Yeah, I was going to say. So that, oh, never mind. Nothing. I, I, I'll save it for the Cronenberg episode. <laughs> Feels good to say that, you know? Yeah. Save it for the Cronenberg episode. Yeah. Hopefully nothing will go, go wrong there, you know? Yeah. Hopefully we'll both love Crimes of the Future. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Movie of the legend. Um, okay. So. Uh... <sighs> so much goddamn crouching exposition in this movie. Crouching exposition. Yeah. The first 30 minutes feature so many scenes of people just crouching. Oh, wait. Are you, are Delete you look- that. Are you looking at your Crimes of the Future notes right now? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we are blowing the dust yeah. off right now. Here yeah, just delete, the... just delete that. <laughs> delete that. Brought up the wrong window again. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, very much a movie of uh, two parts: uh, pre-drugs and post-drugs. Yeah, some of um, the funniest dance moves I've ever seen in my life in the first half of this movie. I, I don't know if we should review the movie first or whether we should talk about times in our own personal life where we felt uh could be maybe similar to uh the meltdown uh and disassociation of the second half of climax uh i feel like once if we get through we should review and then once we get to where things take the turn we can discuss that sure so put a pin because that's where it started impacting me severely while watching the movie (laughs) All right, so uh, that's that's where I went from. I was being taken on a nice art film ride to this is hidden too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in season five B, uh, what I'm fishing for the most is for Dan to send me a text that says, "Oh no," <laughs> yeah, and I got that one on this, yeah. so very happy with that. Um, and uh, let's find out, I guess, if Dan Endon hates another A twenty four movie. Dan, you want to go up first with your actual review of um, 2019's Climax? Um, yeah, Climax is a picture that I'm not 100% sure what it sets out to accomplish. But if what it sets out to accomplish is making me on a personal level feel <laughs> a severe sense of dread and overwhelmed anxiety, then it gets a lot of points just for that. Because this will not be another classic Dan and I felt nothing review. Wow. Okay. I felt nothing but feelings this entire movie, <laughs> and all of them were unpleasant. <laughs> I had a very, very. I'm gonna say vis- that was the point yeah, of this movie. I had man. a very viscerally unenjoyable time watching all of this movie. I watched this movie <laughs> with studio quality monitor headphones. Great, and there I think is, that's a great choice. There but- is pulsating four four. Like eight oh eight. Half the movie drum. is just <laughs> oh, in like a way chi- more like than a child half being like, yeah, yeah. And the way it's panning, it's like to my back left. I hear, a, I hear a kid screaming to my back left. I hear fucking like a woman being raped yeah, off in the distance. Yeah. It was terrifying. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, the mood. I always give. We always collectively give movies points 
for making us feel anything, even if what that feeling is terrible. If, on that metric? If, if that feeling is visceral. <laughs> like, on that metric, absolutely. This movie, as, like, you know, some of the things that happened in this movie are moments where I'm just like, this is just this guy doing, like, he has such a need to, like, be subversive and provocative that, like, this isn't serving the plot. It's just bad. It's just upsetting. Like, there, there's there's a scene. The, the oh no was to a girl being, like, I'm pregnant and a black girl responding by just kneeing her in the stomach. Yeah, and then kicking her in the stomach yeah. again and again on the ground. That's not consistent with anyone's character. <laughs> well, at this point, she is out of her mind on LSD. I know. It's like it sets up very early on. It sets up like a, a lot of like tensions and aggressions yeah. that are micro, and then after the dosing become yeah. macro. There's the moment in the in the first act where you see the mom try to keep her kid from drinking the punch, and in that moment, I wrote down, "All right, we'll count down till the kid actually drinks the punch." And you and, didn't count long, and <laughs> then he does, and I'm like, "Well, this is going to be harrowing." It's like a toddler, by the way. This yeah. is like a yeah. what would you say, like a six-year-old? Like, no, like a four-year-old. Like a four-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like a five-year-old, maybe. Um, there were a lot of fantastic performances in this movie. Of, hmm. uh, you know, I I found some. You know, not a lot. There was one fantastic performance in this movie um, by the lead actress whose name escapes me. Sophie um, Butella. Okay. She's the only actual actor who has been. She was in the Tom Cruise Mummy as the Mummy. All right, there's you're a lot, welcome. There's a lot on back there. Um, <laughs> You know, she she showed some chops. I I believed I found it believable that some people in this movie had had unpleasant experiences with acid. So yeah, I, in watching at least a, a little behind the scenes stuff, whether or not these people have done drugs before, notwithstanding, because I can't speak for them, and neither did the DVD bonus features. But um, the choreographer who choreographed the dance in the beginning. Right. Also choreographed the drug meltdowns. Okay. And like during the 40 minute long shot where Sophie Butella is like throwing herself against the wall, climbing into her pantyhose, yeah. screaming, putting her head under the water. That's like literally a dance that they had choreographed right. um, to go I on for like 20 minutes. Um, Having watched so much dance moms, I saw. You can spot the choreography. I did yeah. not. Yeah. I actually had seen this movie once before and had no impression that, A, there was no script. I thought that there was probably a light script. Right. And B, that there was choreography beyond that first scene. Now, you can see a lot of parallels between the freakouts and the initial dance scene. I figured that was the purpose. Was and they show studied, that. the choreographer studied real, and with all the actors, real footage of people in crack like comas and like overdosing on meth and okay. like being fucking completely insane and a lot of the things that they picked up from that apparently were very helpful um because like the amount of acid that they are suggesting that these people are in uh, are taking is to a disassociative degree yeah. which is like a tremendous dosing. Like, yeah, and it's not like we haven't seen people freak out like this at festivals. Like, we have. Well, I guess we should just talk about fucking our Yeah, I mean, Dan and I have seen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and have been part of a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, I have had both moments where... We are both people who used to consume a lot of LSD and both very purposefully do not anymore and haven't. Shout out, Mom. Um, when you're checking my back catalog. Yeah. Um, uh, and Your mom's going to be like, ooh, Climax. Ooh, I'm going to check this one out yeah. to get... Movie Blues After Dark. Um, <laughs> um, so... Uh, <laughs> wow, that really derailed me thinking about my mom <laughs> yeah. watching a, a pornographic yeah, late night version of this podcast. It's like how our, our parents' generation, as like teenagers, had to just like listen to like stag records if they wanted to like do something oh, yeah. sexy. Your mom's like, "Let's listen to my son <laughs> podcast." <laughs> Delete this. <laughs> um, so uh, I've I've seen both sides of the spectrum. I've been Sophie Butella a million times <laughs> yeah. where I'm isolated in a hell of my own making, stumbling down a hallway. I've been uh, at a show in Buffalo once, um, an after show for the Biscuits. I was on, I want to use a different word. I was on smooth jazz. <laughs> and um, I was so smooth jazzed out that um, I w ended up, we got there. Um, it was like Sonic Spank was going to play. Right. And I went to the bathroom and um, took a lot more smooth jazz. And after all that, went blind. Literally like 100% blind. And was knocking into the walls thinking that i was moving through a crowd of people yeah, and for the for the un for the un uh uneducated listener it's not uncommon that if you're having a meltdown due to smooth jazz compulsively trying to solve the problem by consuming more smooth jazz <laughs> more! um <laughs> um <laughs> so um i am now in a crowd of people i'm going excuse me excuse me i'm sorry I i'm sorry excuse me and i'm like Getting through this massive crowd of people, I come to and I've been literally banging my face like against the walls of this bathroom, <laughs> against against the fucking porter, uh, against like the stall wall, against like the real wall. I was like flailing my arms everywhere, like lost control of my body. I texted um, my girlfriend at the time and it was just gibberish and I, I couldn't even see my phone. I called her and I was like, you have to come get me. I'm blind. And she was like, we have all been looking for you. Where have you been since the show went to the late night show? I was like, I am in the bathroom. Right. And then I sat on the hill until my vision regained. So I've been Sophie Butella a million times. Yeah. But I've only been the whole dance troupe a couple times where I'm experiencing group psychosis, where me and a bunch of other people are all not okay. Right. Like, so often is the case with smooth jazz that one person becomes not okay. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my God, that guy's not okay. For example, at Tractor Bear this past weekend, um, this dude, um, I'll call him Ian, which is his name, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was taken out of the venue on a kid's toy wagon. <laughs> So as to avoid any uh, issues because he was on too much smooth jazz. Um, yeah, yeah. I, someone who no longer does smooth jazz, think this is all really funny. But yeah. um, so um, my my one other experience. Um, no, way, I, have, I have two more mini ones for you. And then you you rattle off. Some, yeah, but, I can't wait. This um, is the podcast I've been waiting for. One more where I've been Sophie Butella. Um, the one where I was truly Sophie Butella was I was at the Hojo in Sayreville for Biscuits. And... I went, I was macking it with this, um, like, dready honey. We went back to her room. I'm in my flyest LRG jacket. Things are going really good. 
she is an original artist. I am an original drug addict who thinks he's an artist. Uh, we start kind of going at it. Smooth jazz is introduced. <laughs> really? Um, I, I after after things have escalated to sexy time, then you brought smooth jazz into the. Uh, she equation. brought it up. That's, it was like I uh, need to go higher on the smooth that jazz. That is meter. one heady dready mama. <laughs> she lays down a fatty of smooth jazz, okay. deep sax. Okay. Rips it. I rip one too. I'm not really experienced with smooth jazz at this point. I'm more in like jazz band. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Smooth jazz is when you've mastered jazz and you, then you temper it back down and you can just play really good chill. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, it hits me so fucking hard. I, I become ill mentally, physically. I detach from reality. I'm thankfully wearing clothes. Right before all of this happens, I went back to her room and she was showing me her original art. She gave me this print of a digital Buddha. It was like hand painted, mm. gorgeous. Like was something that at the time I was like, this is so cool. I can't wait to bring this home and frame it. Um, five minutes later, I'm crawling across the courtyard of the Hojo with this thing clutched in my hand, literally ripped into a fucking ball. I have this piece of art from her. <laughs> And I'm face down on the grass and was just pulling myself like a slug across the courtyard of the Hojo. And there's tanks everywhere. Like, people are outside. I had a group of friends that I obviously, they tried talking to me, but it was not working. But the next day, we're like, do you remember what went down last night? And I was like, I woke up with a crumbled painting in bed. I'm not entirely sure what that was about, like, what the deal was. They were like, we saw you crawling like a slug. <laughs> across the courtyard uh, and like all my clothes are covered in like dirt mud grass it was completely insane so that was a problem and then i've had uh full group psychosis where like everybody's at a smooth jazz concert and then they go back to the hotel in boston after 09 biscuits and we were like time to get the pure smooth jazz the liquid smooth jazz and and really <laughs> yeah, yeah. drink it and we all drank it and the smooth jazz was flowing. We were all throwing up. There was a girl <laughs> outside with a trash can that you have in a hotel room, just throwing up into it. Me and my friend Sarah were both throwing up into the sink at the same time. Like our vomit was colliding. That's hot. Um, there was a person next to me throwing up in the toilet. And then my friend Ryan, probably name trap, um, was literally just in a chair drool coming out of his mouth just throwing up in an endless stream down the front of his body and like we were all so drunk from the show that we were right, at right. like it was our friends reunion that we were having mm -hmm. not not related tm to the warner brothers to come and we um all got sick basically at the same time and we're all like semi ODing basically um and then came back in after just six people are just all vomiting at the same time and then just laid on the floor and rolled around just like screaming tearing at her clothes like knocking over chairs and like i was in my brain like i knew it was happening right but like my body and my extremities and everyone else we were like literally in a dog pile and i had bruises from it mm. it was upsetting and this is just a small uh you know appetizer of yeah. the, the hell that I've experienced. Yeah. Check out the rest in um, Random House Publishing's Novel Horrors now available on a giant binder that I have behind me. Uh. <laughs> TM. That'll be $5. Solid. Go ahead, Dan. Um, I, I've had more 
unpleasant smooth jazz experiences than I could probably count at this point. Um, but, have you ever had to be like lifted somewhere, like medically? Like, have you ever yeah, been taken yeah, we'll, out of yeah, a situation? We'll, we'll get there. Oh, okay. See, I haven't done that. With um, smooth jazz. I, uh, I'm someone who probably got into smooth jazz earlier than you know a developing brain should, and there's absolutely a direct correlation between my journey with smooth jazz and like how I am as a person now. Um, the first time I heard smooth jazz. <laughs> was at a Trey Anastasio concert oh. my sophomore year of high school. That's an interesting start to smooth jazz. Yeah, it was, uh, and I had a very, very, it was a classic time where I was like, man, I really, this smooth jazz really isn't doing it for me. I wish I had more smooth jazz. And then someone provided me with more smooth jazz. And then I got quickly overwhelmed by the multiplied quantity of smooth jazz. <laughs> by the way, we did not review the movie as we were going to. <laughs> Go on. Um, so, yeah, that's fine. This is more interesting. No one saw the movie. Very true. Um, so, I that was just a classic. I felt severe discomfort, but uh -huh. there was, like, always an underlying, like, I was intrigued by the whole experience, so, like, I was, like, determined to, like, have a really fantastic smooth jazz experience, and I was on so many, like, antidepressants is like psychotropic medicines i really feel like messed with the experience sure um and then i had my as most 10 year olds are <laughs> and then i had i had some... what age is this and we did we determine that i was 14 that is young dude yeah yeah, yeah. That, you were a uh a child prodigy of smooth jazz yeah but I had this beautiful moment where Trey was all strung out on heroin and he was covering one of my favorite Elliott Smith songs and I was like crying and I was like, wow, I love, smooth, I, I love smooth jazz. Even uh, you could make a Trey show this depressing. I know. Um, <laughs> so I had some some solid, I, I, I was like more experimenting with like, you know, like more of like a busking man playing jazz on piano. Sure. Which is like how most people enter like the world of jazz is like first they'll try a single man playing piano on the street before moving up to smooth jazz Fair. Um, because smooth jazz tends to last much longer it sure does um and be a little bit more heady but uh we have lost 35 percent of our listeners right now yeah but the confusion. other 65 percent are like this metaphor is this. crushing <laughs> um so i'm trying to think when like the first really bad one was uh -huh. but i think it probably like things really escalated to a degree um, Dan just laid down on a couch, by the way. <laughs> at, um, I'm going to, let's call this hypothetical festival Gathering of the Vibes 2010, in which Primus was playing, which, you know, one of my favorite bands, and I consumed exactly 29 pieces of smooth jazz, as well as a quarter of man playing piano. <laughs> I think even I'm getting lost at this point. But yeah, go on. I had 29 hits and a quarter of boomers, friends. <clears throat> um, and, and I saw Primus, and I would start I, at the beginning. I was having a good time, and then I was not. And then I was at one point making out with what, in my mind's eyes, memory is like an actual swamp beast. Um, and then that swamp beast's husband was chasing me, trying to fight me. And wow, dude. I had a weird time, then <laughs> I, but I, I, that's clear. I, I, that was just a classic, like I way overdid it and I needed to be, uh, I needed to be brought to my tent and fed my lovely benzodiazepines and 
the next day was okay. <laughs> Cut to the f- following, or two years later, the fo- the same festival. That's when shit really started taking a turn for the bleak, where I had made some bad bad choices leading up to the festival. I probably shouldn't have gone to the festival. I should have been at home fulfilling obligations. And I decided, you know what, I'm just going to fucking, I'm having a nice time at the beach. Let me just fucking check out some smooth jazz and really just ride out the weekend. Uh-huh. And things got very dark Big beach guy. very quickly. Um, and I'll never forget the moment of my friend Paulina um, pulling out, pulling off my sunglasses. <laughs> seeing, uh, pulling off my sunglasses. Everyone's being like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And if you've had a problem with smooth jazz in the past, you know. People grilling you about what's wrong. Usually you're already in the state where you're like, do I look like something's wrong? Like, so if someone asks that to you, it's it's truly harrowing in that moment. And I was like, I got my sunglasses on. No one knows anything's wrong. And she pulls my sunglasses off and looks in my eyes. And the look of terror when she sees the size of my pupils put me into a state of pure panic. Mm. Um, and that night... I just, like, I went off the fucking deep end. I ran away from my friends. They were trying to find me. I was making phone calls to people I should not be. I was consuming every genre of music under the sun that I could find. This is smooth jazz psychosis. Yeah, I was trying to counter it with, like, some, like, you know, jazz fusion. Anything I could find that I thought could level me out. I was consuming. It was all compounding into a pure degree of psychosis, which ultimately culminated on me taking out my wallet, putting it down on a step, turning around, turning back around, and it being gone. All of my money was gone. Like, at that point, it was, like, most of the money to my name, which that (laughs) sent me on a fucking tailspin. Um, And I just remember coming to on the beach at sunrise with some girl sitting next to me being like, are you all right? And me being like, who are you? And her being like, you were wandering the beach talking to yourself, and like, it was pretty dark. So we were just keeping you company so you didn't wake up in the hospital. And I was like, great, <laughs> thanks, bye. <laughs> so um, I was like, all right, clearly I need to like not engage with smooth jazz unless I'm having a really good time and I don't have any shit weighing on me. So cut to Camp Bisco 2013. And this is where our story ends, listener, where I was like, you know, I went in there very trepidatiously. I kind of got dragged to the festival. But I had a very, very strong, very good night the first evening. And I was like, you know what? I'm in a good headspace. I could really use some smooth jazz right now. This could really elevate my experience. Um, Famous what, mistake. Yeah, what I neglected to do was actually really like look at the schedule before I did this. I was like, the Biscuits are playing two sets tonight. I'm good. What I didn't realize that was between those two sets, Bass Nectar was playing. So I I had, you know, I listened to like four songs of smooth jazz and I was really in it. And um, Bass Nectar came on and all these children rushed the stage and I was surrounded and I lost my friends instantly. And I went to go find my campsite so I could go like, you know, get away from the stimuli. Couldn't remember how to get to my campsite. My headlamp died. So I'm walking around in the dark, really smooth jazzed out. Um, I run into someone we know whose name I will not say on the podcast. I'll tell you another time. But he uh, he did some things that made me very uneasy and really sent me into a dark spiral. Um, and you said the the word of the day, which was spiral. Yeah. So the, the the last thing I remember is sitting in fetal position, mud up to my knees, just sitting in mud, surrounded by mud, in the back of the field while bass nectar is blasting. 
just being like, my life's over. Like, what's going to happen is I'm going to get airlifted to a hospital and my car is going to be stuck in Mariaville, New York. Classic. And I'm going to wake up handcuffed to a bed. So what I need to do is consume anything on my person that would incriminate me in such an instance. So <laughs> I... What a dumbass thought. I know, I know. It's so <laughs> dumb. So I did that. What I consumed everything on my person and I walked right up to the Shady Grove's Raps vendor and he was dancing and was like, hey man, what can I get for you? And I, all I got out was, I need help. And the next thing I know, I'm being for no. forcibly thrown onto a golf cart. Um, and <laughs> a court, when you I- You were I, one of these people, huh? Yeah, they brought me to a tent, or not a tent, like a, like a built wooden structure. Yeah, tent. they had a little building, two um, or five people for, in it. Yeah, which was full of people in similar states as me. Um, what they had carved into the ceiling was like a 30 foot steely to force people's directions up to like their their gaze to like calm them and they would just be like look at that look at that every time i'd start like screaming and like shaking they'd be like look look at the steely look look at this wood feel this wood oh my God. and i was like wood like and they were like they were like what's your name and i'm like i just pulled out my wallet and threw it at them and they were like can you tell us your name and i'm like no and they're like what did you consume and i was like smooth jazz and they were like what else and i was like nothing <laughs> And they were like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm just freaking out from all of the smooth jazz. And they were like, do you want some apple juice? And I started crying immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So I spent the whole night in this fucking, this place. People are getting pulled in sporadically, having seizures and shit. And there's like uh, paramedics running by. And every time there's one guy, point person, whose job is to literally run in front of me, hold his finger in front of my face and direct my vision away from the person who's like having a seizure. Oh, nice. And just like distract me with like keys and shit. That's nice. It was lovely. They yeah. were well experienced. That's delightful. Um, and then I had a moment where like I hadn't spoken for hours. Um, and I finally said I, I got out. I was like, what you guys do is really important. And, and and one of the paramedics goes, all right, there it is. He's entering stage three. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, the moment of clarity. Now we know you're going to be okay. We're not going to have to get the cops in here. And I was like, okay. Oh, so, damn. so then they send in like the a moment of clarity, like a psychologist, like a drug addiction specialist uh -huh. to be like, um, so can you confirm that all you consumed tonight was smooth jazz? And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, how are you feeling now? I'm like, much better. Thank you so much. What you guys are doing is really important. In like, reality, you're like, wow, yeah, dude. Yeah. And he, he goes, so you had a very terrifying experience, I would imagine. I was like, absolutely. He's like, all right, so like, safe to say you're probably never going to listen to smooth jazz again, right? And I was like, I can't. I've got all their albums. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to commit here or now to that. I was, I was like, I mean, the biscuits are playing tomorrow also during the day. And I feel like that's like really more of my smooth jazz sweet spot. Yeah. And I just will never forget the look of disappointment on this guy's face. You were and like, see you tomorrow. As he turns, <laughs> as he turns to his coworker and it's like every time. <laughs> um, they never learned. Yeah. Right. They never so I've, I discovered that my friends had been looking for me the whole night. People were really like, there were APBs out, but, um, yeah, I had a bad time. Um, so I decided to stop listening to smooth jazz and then I never did again until I was in Tahoe and got peer pressured into it very severely. And I kind of had a decent time, but at the, at that point I was like, all right, I'm now of the age where like, it's not worth any of the potential negatives for whatever positives I may glean from it. 
because that's how I feel about all drugs. Because now I'm at <laughs> now I'm at the age where like if I freak out, I'm going to end up in the hospital uh-huh. or arrested. Just from like falling and bumping your hip. Too yeah, hard. like I'm just gonna get hurt. Like I'm going, or I might just like go into a room and kill myself. Like, <laughs> it's okay. just it's 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 frightening. It's truly just it's sheer terror that I feel. And like you know, every time you have a good smooth jazz experience, as it's really starting to crescendo, you're like you get that uneasy feeling. But then the release comes and it's good. But when that release doesn't come and they really milk it, like it's like avant garde jazz. Like then it's like. That attention's too much to handle for a neurotic, fragile brain is mine. <laughs> but DMT and smooth jazz. <laughs> All right, um, let's review the movie Climax, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. How any person our age still listens to smooth jazz ever. What do you mean? Like, I just can't understand how anyone's brain handles it. And you're you're saying that <clears throat> you a person that doesn't do smooth jazz right now. I can't imagine can't I ever it? listen to smooth jazz again. I can't what? Yeah, no, I just don't understand how anyone doesn't fucking lose their mind. Are we talking about the same kind of music? I don't know. Ugh. I'm starting to rethink everything right now. Okay. But not enough to do anything about it. Okay. <clears throat> So, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast, baby. Yeah, welcome back to, uh, we reviewed a movie that was just like reliving numerous trauma. <laughs> um, but does trauma turn into that sweet, sweet golden gun gold? You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, Damn, would you like to give your review for 2019's Climax? Yeah, this movie starts with a 14-minute dance scene. Then at the midway point, there's another 14-minute dance scene, mm-hmm. with, but this time with an overhead camera. Mm-hmm. That's a third of the movie. <laughs> Why? 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 I can offer a few. So much of this movie, I was just like, why? Because within this is the potential for a great experience. I mean, not great. Like, I hated it, but like, I was impressed by how it was making me feel. It was doing its job in achieving the disorientation. There was a lot of interesting camera movement. There was very impressive choreography and blocking. Just. just do something it was so fucking unsatisfying the ending was so unsatisfying some of the behavior was very motivationless to me all of it was just so unfortunate it was just like an experiment and like let's present this really terrible situation without any like cohesive narrative which is like fine but like you know i definitely give it this isn't going to be one of those like it pissed me off so like i'm giving it a three like it it gets lots of points for achieving a feeling within me as opposed to just like the general glazed look I normally have when I watch some of these movies (laughs) where I'm just like, God, this will never end. This movie, I was like, this won't end because like it's harming me and that's impressive. Like, I feel like I had the feeling to this that Salo gave you. Mm -hmm. So like, well, like as with fucking, as, as always with Gaspar No, like well done in being a talented enough filmmaker to make the audience feel things i'm just at the point where i'm just like why is your intention to make them feel those things (laughs) (laughs) 
Interesting take. Yeah, what are you getting from this? It's weird to try to to try to review a, mu a movie based on those standards, though. To be like, what is the director trying to get out of this, or why are they making me feel this way? I mean, that's the intent. I don't know, but just like, it's like, what purpose does the movie serve? Like, there's no, there's no messaging that I saw. Like, there's just a series of unfortunate events, which, like, that's a classic narrative approach but like at the end like for for the, for the end to just be what it was like and people start dying like I just like why like I've seen been in so many events of group psychosis related to smooth jazz and very seldom has it led to like like I've seen a person exhibit violent tendencies but I've never seen people collectively come together to be like yeah in this state what we need is like raw violence Right. That is one of the more misrepresented, fictitious acts, aspects. I mean, I have seen people um, on acid who act with violence. Yeah, like, but I've never seen a group of people being like, you should kill yourself. Right. It's <laughs> in front of us. It's super exaggerated <laughs> and not entirely accurate. However, there were some huge LLs in this movie, though. Massive. Uh, however, a lot of those people portrayed as fictional characters are assumedly not people who've ever taken acid. Right. And their reaction to it is very primal and, <laughs> and fucked up. And I know a lot of very experienced drug addicts take too much acid and act like psychotic. Totally. So to think that a normal person, um, let alone what you have here which is a situation where you're watching a movie that sets up something very important in the beginning it's not by random happenstance that the movie is about dancers it's not by random happenstance that the movie has a five minute dance scene ten minute dance scene five all of those things are playing into the kind of people that they become post the dosing um what you see at the beginning of the movie, in my opinion, and what I took from it, is that you see a group of people that their entire um, current existence is based on a few things. A, being like alpha, primal, top of their element performers, yeah. which adds why the black guys were acting so machismo and crazy and explains a lot of the sexual aggression and behavior of them. They're also people at their physical prime um, that are in tandem with one another and linked up and really working together as a unit. Um, and that makes it more high stakes when everything spirals out of control. It's not like a movie in which 10 random friends at a party, for example, get too spun by accident right. and something bad happens. It's very much about like a team of people who are all kind of apex predators. Even the women yeah. are hyper-aggressive, forwardly all, sexual, uh, yeah, multiple hy partners. Hyper-competitive, hyper-sexual. That's the, yeah. the yeah, dance yeah, world, yeah, for, I would assume. Sure, for um, sure. And that has its ramifications throughout. Um, and that is what makes it uh, interesting. I, The first time I viewed this movie, is still the same way that I feel now, is that that opening 10-minute dance sequence I thought was incredible. Like, one of my favorite dance scenes in any movie I've ever seen, especially 
after having watched the movie and thinking about it and kind of letting it all wash into my head, like I've gone back and rewatched that opening dance scene like on YouTube just out of boredom because it's just insane. Like the moves that people are doing are like Paris is burning, like voguing type of craziness, but like yeah. mixed with like crumping and yeah, like and body contortion. Like, yeah. Um, it's a huge display of like physical craziness that like when you said, okay, and then there's another dance scene, the second dance scene, which is shot from above to give you this really just like uh, beginning to be uneasy feeling because now they're all starting to feel the drugs a bit, but they don't know it yet. Yeah. And you are kind of like oppressing down on them, watching them. And now the moves are more hectic, more chaotic, more like primal and crazy. And I, it, the making of this movie was like super uninformative. It only had Sophie Boutella, no, no director, nothing really to explain any of this. So like a lot of this is inference on my part, but the second dance number was like, okay, we're going crazy. Then as the drugs really kick in, their moves are like, like hell demon, like crawling on the floor, cracking their spines, like walking around like Samara from the ring. Like, um, it's reflected uh, in that. It's reflected in the lighting, which gets like darker and redder yeah, and more red. disorienting until the crescendo of the movie where people start dying and the camera is upside down. There's a 40 minute tracking shot, which is a total nightmare. It becomes a horror movie in the ways that I prefer these days, where it's not like super obvious setup like telegraphed events that are just like something to be kind of plotted out and checked off a list. It was just chaos. And it's reaffirmed by the fact that it was shot. So gorilla, like off the cuff and crazy that it does end up being as disorienting as it is. Um, I know it's not a pleasant movie and I know it's not like, again, like structured in a way that a human being would like, the end credits are in the first two minutes. The title of the movie drops 40 minutes in, yeah. which is one of the most batshit and I think really cool moves um, I've ever seen. Um, and uh, I don't really I have heard people feel like the end is like unsatisfying, but I've always been of the opinion that it, it just goes exactly where I thought it was going. Once they all started tripping, the kid like dies in a horrifying way people are raped people are like switching genders people are like being fucking animals um love chaos love third act chaos in movies yeah i just i think my biggest problem with it comes that like i feel like the third the crescendo of the third act was very very effective and impressive at what it pulled off in terms of its tonality and its um dynamic increase um the f- first hour w- was on paper, really skillful in the way that it was showing us it, what it was attempting to do, at least what I felt it was attempting to do, was get us to fully understand and relate to this litany of characters by just bombarding us. It's it's switch, switching between each of them rapid fire, but we're getting more and more insight. And I was like, all right, this is a very intriguing filmmaking technique. I can get behind this. But it none of the characters are themselves to really, for the most part, develop. They're all extremely surface level. Like, every conversation we get, with the exception of a very small handful, is very just, like, just nothing machismo talk or just, like, 
just it, like shitty like the shittiest of the shitty euphoria dialogue like there was no there, there was no payoff in the chaos at the end because like it's been an hour trying to get me to care about or be invested in the characters but at the end or at, at the end of the first two acts i was just like okay all these characters are just like memes like they're nothing they're not real they're just hmm. they, they're the worst like i don't care about any of them of course like I, fine i i just don't i don't agree really with any of this because it for me it's all set up and paid off correctly. You have a uh, mother who is given uh, birth like on tour and had to stop dancing. And her insecurities are obviously like that. She's a bad mom. And she even asks her kid before they start tripping. Am I a good mom? When she's tucking yeah. the kid in um, her fate is that she's locks her child in an electrical closet and loses the key while she's tripping and the kid, I, I don't know if he dies or just passes yeah, out no, in there. Yeah, he puts his hand into the fucking... The fuse box. The, the fuse box, yeah. and he dies. And he dies. Yeah. And, and one and of the... One of, but, like, it's like that's handled by a dude who's tripping, laughing, being like, oh, Tito got fried. <laughs> like, that's... Like, dude, I don't care how these people are. That's not how people act. Well, like, that's the suspension of disbelief that you have to go at it with, unfortunately. Like, if... That is, that is a barrier to cross, but, like, what movie truly is... Um, I think if you're going to try to hinge your entire movie on, like, here's what happens when it, like, all this movie is, is here's a bunch of people locked in a room unexpectedly getting dosed and freaking out, like, and I'm, uh, as a, a filmmaker, as skillful as he is, who is able to make these feelings come, should have treated it with more, like, realism, because everything else is treated so fucking, like, with that classic dirty french like gritty this is how life is like so there's no need to ex it's already such an exaggerated movie you don't need to make people acting like actual insane people well i mean that's you know your opinion <laughs> yeah i just don't think it i, I just I, don't think it unrealistic fine but like that that is the they wanted to show like madness at that level and i think if he achieved that in making the viewer feel like that, then that would have worked better than a bunch of people sitting around going, we're high for two hours. That's not a movie. T totally. But like, why do you have a person coming into a room, find out that someone's crying because they're pregnant and their response be, let me like knee them in the stomach and kick the shit out of them in the stomach. It's just there to be like, do that classic him thing, which is like, look what I can put on, get away with putting on screen and make you feel shitty. A little bit of that for sure. Just like, it's just There's like a little the whole bit movie of felt like, very try hard to me. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, all of the characters head in a very logical direction from where they're set up. Um, I think that they introduce a lot in the first half that does come into play and in how they act in the second half, who they end up with, um, the conversations that they have as things really spiral out of control. Maybe on the first watch, I didn't feel that way because I was just experiencing it and was like not really following the characters. I think the first time I watched it, I felt like the first hour was not frustrating, but just like, a lot of waiting and a lot of exposition that I didn't know uh, the importance of and really tried to hone in this second time on uh, the kind of the character paths and uh, what ended up happening. And it played out a lot better in my mind, but um, I really I didn't understand. I didn't, I didn't mind the first act at all. I didn't. I was, right. like, I was like, I'm watching an indie flick. I'm watching a French flick. Like, I know aesthetically this is what I'm dealing with when I get into like that world. Mm -hmm. Like. I have no problem with that. It just all felt very incongruent. It felt like needlessly exploitative and just like a exercise and like, look what I can pull off. Like I'm being artsy. I'm making a movie in 15 days, but, but it's like at the expense of like the movie having real payoff. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see it. Yeah. I think there's plenty of payoff in there. 
but um it's just a bunch of people acting like fucking lunatics like neat i guess <laughs> <laughs> okay just like this I, doesn't sound like unbridled optimism i'm just me. i'm just like i love you know i love a good fucking subversive movie i just don't like it when it feels like it's for the sake of being subversive and that's all mm. fair enough and like that's what i got out of this like it was like all right very on paper like very shallow premise like something i'd sit around in a college dorm being like what if we made a movie of this because that's what i would have it would have occurred to me in college to make a movie of if i was in film school i think that's how you probably would feel about most a24 pictures is what you just said yeah yeah for sure and like they all have varying degrees of success like would you say this was more successful than midsummer more successful uh like what did you give midsummer like a two i gave midsummer like six probably or a 6.5 mm-hmm more successful I just, is it time to get the red marker out like it, you, how do I measure success when I have no idea what the person's going for like Midsommar is like it's clear that it's intention is to be a movie like this I feels more like an experiment yeah I mean the intention was let's show a people who are at their prime in their life and with each other and show it just go into absolute shambles from a psychotic level of LSD. That was the idea. Yeah. And like, and, and there are horror movies and classic horror movies built on way less than even that. For sure. Um, so, when I saw the premise, I was like, I was like, whatever. But for the whole first hour, I was like, this looks great and people are acting interesting and there's some neat filmmaking techniques. Like I'm on board. It's not like I was like disengaged at any point. So like it's in a lot of ways, it's very successful. Just at the end, I didn't come out of it being like, I've gained something from having watched that. Hmm. Okay. Besides being like, okay, there's still people making like stylized fucking jerk themselves off movies, which like this this is what was the other movie called? You Enter, mean a French movie? Enter the Void. The other one? Is yeah. That, yeah, it's the same movie. It's the same thing. It's the it's it's an exercise in being like, look at my neat colors. Mm, love that movie. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's got lots of neat colors. See, maybe this is taking the place of all your fucking the smooth jazz that's lacking in your life. I thought we were talking about ketamine. Really? Yeah, for like a solid 20 minutes. There. Why would we be talking about ketamine when the movie's about acid? Because the joke from the video is that ketamine is a lot like smooth jazz. If it were acid, I would have okay. done like something else. Okay. So listen. For the record, all of my stories go were back about acid. And mine were all about ketamine. All, all of the- And acid. I was on both. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Let the game begin. I pressed a random button. That turned out well. Uh, yeah. Um, Cause, no, because then the first half of the episode would have been being like, yeah, made my life better in every way. <laughs> Love Jesus, jazz. Dan. Uh, All right, let's get this over with. Yeah. What are you going to give this movie? I uh, I wrote down in my phone that I gave this movie a 6.1. Um, now that I see that I gave Midsommar a 6.5, like, I don't know. I don't know how to do the scale anymore. I was so... Things were so much different then with how I looked at movies I was we were all we were much younger you know how I do it how's that I just give it a score in my mind after watching it about how I feel about it and that's the score I give have you tried that yeah instead I, of playing your stupid game of balance that's what also I, I'm gonna need to see that sheet after you you still didn't print out a new one <laughs> no I do I have I have the full new one right isn't that the old one all right so, I don't know so, yeah so I gave all right. So I gave Midsummer a six point five. I also gave uh, Malignant a six point five, and I feel like that needs to be my metric 
for this. Like, why are you comparing this movie to a giallo horror movie from James Wan? Um, because these are all the movies that fall into the realm of like batshit <laughs> movies that like you fucking hype up and then I watch and I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> I for sure got more out of this movie than I did by Malignant by like a lot, a lot. Uh huh. As far as Midsommar goes, I don't know. I'd probably rather rewatch Midsommar, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I, I, yeah, six point four. Six point four. Closer to a six point five is what I would say. And all of those points are for the lead actress's performance, and just like the movie making me feel so viscerally upset. Sure. But I just I. It felt like its only goal was to make me feel upset, and I don't care for that. So you're saying... At least, like, Irreversible made me equally upset, but, like, that movie has, like, a narrative purpose. All right, I gotta get... All right. No, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. All right. Give me the list. And you can, like, hit my vape or something. Come on. <laughs> it's literally the only copy. <laughs> Is this the the new and updated one? All right, so this is this is what we do when we give scores. We try to embarrass each other. Okay. So I guess I'll I'll try to just see what you were thinking here. Okay. So you you went six point four. Yep. Okay. So you thought that King of the Monsters, Godzilla two, was better than this. Is that the one we saw in theaters? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> What that was I, all points for the 4DX, probably. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I had a better experience watching that than I did this, yes. Okay. Um, that movie fucking stunk, though. So, no, this movie's better than Godzilla King of the Monsters. This movie was not as good as Jane Silent Bob reboot, according to Dan Enden. Um, I think in my head they're probably equal. <laughs> True. At least you liked It Chapter 2 more than this. Da oh, no, that was my score. Yeah. I, you gave it a No, four. I hated It Chapter 2. No, this was way better than It 2. What I need to do for this segment is delete all of these listings and just keep Space Jam 2. <laughs> that's, that's the metric for me. Yeah. Moving forward is your 7.1 for Space Jam 2. Did you see this guy who's this Chris Mercer, this person that, like, texted us all these messages about, like... Uh, he commented on the spreadsheet of all the scores like two, two days ago. Did you see that? No. He was just like doing what we're doing right now. Okay. But like with just my scores, I think. It really? was just like, you coward. It's like, come out and face me. And I was like, no. He was he was critiquing all of your scores? Yeah, he like smashed a few together that was like, oh, and then he, um, he put our combined GGR for Matrix Resurrections and then a suicide emoji next to it. Like a guy in a, with a sad face and like a, a gun next to his head. <laughs> wow. Anyway. People um, were big mad about our Matrix Resurrections reviews. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think that's when we lost our listener base was off that first episode. Yeah, except that's when we gained everyone from r slash Matrix. <laughs> so true. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a 8.75. Wow. Well, so, uh, like, we've this had... This movie is... To, to me, this movie is kids. It's the same thing that kids is to me, where I we have argued before about you feeling kids is a great movie and me thinking it's trash. 
Like, it's the same. It's the Harmony Current thing where I'm like, you are a good filmmaker. Just make good movies. Well, Dan, I like good cinema. Surprise, motherfucker. And this is a, a, a great example of um, I watch thousands of movies and A, it made me feel a way that very few movies ever do in terms of dread and existential horror. Um, without there being any monsters or aliens. Um, and uh, most importantly, uh, while this movie's depiction of drug use may be fraught in the way that it pans out, it does something that very few directors or movies have enough restraint to do, which is to, which is funny to even use restraint to talk about this movie at all, but the notion that because everyone's on drugs, we should show hallucinations. We should have, uh, like in Midsommar, like all the trees going whirly yeah. twirly in the yeah. background to have definitely one of the things I hated the most about that movie. Um, uh, to have psychedelia portrayed in that way, I typically find the most egregious. Agreed. There's two ways that you can show it in a movie. One is by the way a person acts, yeah. and another is it's by the what, what a person feel. sees yeah. and, and is perceived through their POV. When they do it through POV, it's always wrong. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie that shows what it's like to be on drugs correctly. I think the closest you could possibly get is the Smack My Bitch Up music video still to this day, I think is the most accurate portrayal yeah. of what a bender and a deeply fucked up night yeah. sort of is perceived yeah. as. I can't think of a... I would say the only... it Like, just generally accurate drug portrayals I've seen in my life on screen is for two seconds of Fear and Loathing when he's looking at the carpet. <sighs> mm -hmm. And did you ever see the movie Smiley Face with Anna Faris? Mm, no. This is a movie where the premise is Anna Faris mistakenly eats an entire tray of hash brownies, and that's it. That's the plot. It's her experience with that. That sounds fun. And that movie does an extremely good job at depicting the paranoia and fucking anxiety you would feel in that moment. But so, aside, this movie, dude, like, my issue with this movie, realistically, what it comes down to is, like, disappointment, which is never what I come out of this with. Like, I was engaged every second of this movie. There was no, I was not time-checking. I was not, like, waiting for it to end. I was not looking at my phone like I this whole time I was like I'm engaged by this movie and then at the end I just like didn't feel like it was necessarily worth it like it didn't pay off like it could have like been what, so, it could have been what, so much more what like what what is the pitch to make this movie what you think would be worthy of you know your ire like I what's your what what is it I don't know I think it probably would involve focusing a bit like narrowing the scope of characters to like flesh out some of them more like the ones that were fleshed out. Like I felt like they're every, all of the, 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 the results, the, the payoffs, if you will, all felt very frivolous. Like the kid dying was treated very frivolously. Whereas like, that was like one of the only things that was really shipped from the beginning. Frivolously. Like she, the mom literally commits suicide after it. Happens. I know, but it all is just happening in the background. It's all just background, whatever. Everything is treated as background fodder. Right. And like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I found it unsatisfying hmm. for something that well, was um, very good. It was just very unsatisfying to me at the end of it. Anyway, back to my review. Yeah. Um, th the complaints you have about like the color being like outwardly blah, blah, blah. Like I, I just thought it looked great. 
sounds great. It it's sounds got a soundtrack great. of incredible artists playing horrifying electronic music. And the way the sound pans is very clever in terms of like as they're coming up, they they change the way the sound pans in the stereo mix a lot, which I found very neat. Um, technically, it's an impressively made movie. I just appreciate the gumption at all levels. And um, I watch enough movies that aren't like this to really enjoy a movie that is like this. Uh, I encourage anybody to watch this movie who has experience with doing drugs or uh, liking really cool dance crump, like Vogue mashup moves um, for a movie that has no uh, real actors in it to speak of and no script. It still like goes to some pretty interesting places and, during what is ostensibly just horror and chaos, there are a lot of interesting char character moments among that. And I think it's a pretty iconic movie, and I just think it's dope. I've, I felt the, <laughs> the scene where... And I want my vape back. It, it, it goes from... <laughs> it's like smash cut from the pregnant woman getting the shit kicked out of her stomach to... <laughs> smash cut. To, to Am I right? <laughs> Random button. To, to, to a girl. I should do all the samples randomly. Yeah, to a girl <laughs> putting her hair into a Bunsen burner and her head going up in flames. Dude, that part was and amazing. I was laughing my ass off in that moment. That part was fucking amazing. And in that moment, I was like, all right, this is about to get really crazy. But, like, it kind of started with the craziest thing to have happened and then kind of plateaued a bit back downwards. I think there's payoff. You, you find out who dosed the punch. There is foreshadowing to that in the beginning of the movie. They interview all of the dancers separately on tape. And the one who doses everyone says that she um, needed to... They're asking, like, why are you here? And she's like, she needed to get out of a bad situation. Her uh, roommate was constantly doing drops of acid in his eyes. Yeah. And then the final shot of the movie is her doing drops of acid in her eyes, which reveals that she was the one all along. And then, like... On second watch, you watch it and can kind of watch her behavior during all of it. And it's very telegraphed in like very subtle ways. See, the um, entire time I was like, obviously she did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's the only one riding the acid train very smoothly. She did ride it super smooth. She's just vibing. Yeah. Much. Well, uh, she did pee on the floor. That was like yeah. when the chaos really kicked off is yeah. when that girl peed on the floor. That was um. there's a moment in our in our texts where or our, our messages where I just said LMAO and that was that um also there's a lot of sallow vibes in this movie for me like there's uh the conversation you kind of dismissed between the black guys as being just disgusting and random I thought was kind of like sallow where the they're having like a series of really sexually charged conversations and it established like the relationships amongst them and like the tension that would unfurl when they started really tripping out and started like raping people. Because like, I want to reference another movie that if no one's seen whatever it's with Michael Bean, it's called the divide. That's actually really good. Um, where a bunch of people get caught in a doomsday cellar together after a nuclear bomb blast. And, uh, over the course of a few weeks, they become, um, more and more extreme and they start like raping and pillaging each other and just being fucking terrible. Um, and this movie reminds me of that because like things that I find fascinating um, from my experience with both kinds of smooth jazz is that um, uh, like there is a primal part to every human being that you don't really see. 
until the drugs fully come out, either in your mind totally, or totally. And and you, uh, as a person raised in a normal neighborhood, being a normal kid who didn't like go insane and do drugs when they were fourteen, like don't understand that like there is something unlocked in the primal department of the human body and mind when you have those experiences that really makes you inwardly realize that you are a flesh shell and that your basest instincts are what you would truly survive on if your brain was even one inch fat, like back further than yeah. it is right now. Metaphorically, terms. you wouldn't even be able to see yourself in the mirror. <laughs> Physically and, and literally. <laughs> I am the invisible um, man. Dude, but like with the black dudes with like the graphic sex talk, it's like I could have shipped that if every other conversation was not also that like we cut from them to two other dudes talking about nothing but graphic sex cut to two women talking about nothing but graphic sex like that's the that's, that's the, the, the harmony Korean part that bothers all, you it's that it's just like these characters that's why i feel these characters are nothing because they're, they're it's not like they themselves are like i mean yeah they're one dimensional and they are all the same one dimensional it's like all right if you're gonna show me two pairs of men talking about like banging women but like one of them is like using language like I'm going to fuck her ass dry. And the other one's like, yo, I want to fuck her with you, bro. And we can both fuck her. And then it cuts to like two guys, two girls being like, yo, how awesome would it be if we fucked that dude? Like, I'm just like, dude, it's it's nothing. It's just I mean, it's nothing. Yeah, that's a couple conversations. But then there's plenty of important stuff. There's a character. Yeah, I wanted more of the important stuff. A brother and a sister character who end up. Uh, in a really disgusting uh, tirade that ends up with the brother like raping his sister yeah. and him saying like never leave me it's very just disgusting yeah, and yeah. horrifying and yeah. that's a whole arc that I thought paid off and was totally like gruesome um, a couple of the arcs absolutely paid off um, yeah I mean I, I get the frustration but you know fuck you actually I'm gonna change my score like, dude, this, to an 11 the scene in kids where it's fucking the main kid walking down the street being like i'm gonna fuck this bitch i'm gonna fuck this bitch. hey yo darcy <laughs> yeah He's like, yo darcy th this movie was just that with techno <laughs> <laughs> all right um I, I feel as if we've covered it um uh you know i i can start to see where your tastes divide it's just like you know you should be appreciating shit like this man we're almost at the end of 5b and we're going to stop watching, like, technically good stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I think also... This like, was a movie that I came out being like, I hated that movie, but I still gave it, like, a six-something because I came out being like, that was very well made and impressive how it made me feel. And there were parts that I really was engaged with and wanted to pay off. And that's more than I can say for most of the shit we watch. <laughs> my, my, my ire comes from coming out feeling unsatisfied. I hear you. Like, the end is like, oh, the cops come and a bunch of them are dead. Like, why are that many of them dead? It got really rough out there. A lot of tensions flying high in the dance troupe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking. They were preparing for a performance of Cats. That was really putting everyone on edge. Yeah. Like, people are just, like, fucking while other people are bleeding on them and screaming and shit. Like, it's. That's what the movies are all about for me these days. Yeah. Um, this is what it takes to get you to feel something after 5 feet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, like, that's got to be said for something for where we've come from here. Also, the credits being in the midway point of the movie, like, that's not cool. That's just doing shit for the sake of it. Oh, absolutely. Just go fuck yourself. A French movie and proud of it, Dan. Yeah, sure is. Random button. Surprise, motherfucker.